0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. On today's show, we're talking about the world order as it relates to property ownership and economic power. As investors, we're accustomed to investing in an environment where the markets operate in an orderly manner, with the freedom for companies to make business decisions that are in the best interest of shareholders. Sometimes those businesses fail, and that's how the system's supposed to work. You have the freedom to succeed, and you have the freedom to fail. Investors often assume that the conditions for investment in the U.S. extend around the world, particularly if that investment is in U.S. dollars. We've seen the rapid rise of China's economy and China's influence globally, and I've spent considerable time in China, have witnessed a lot of the changes firsthand. The opening of the Chinese economy that started with the economic reforms of Deng Xiaoping nearly 40 years ago allowed businesses to flourish, and enormous wealth was created for tens of millions of Chinese citizens. The growth lifted hundreds of millions of people out of poverty. In basically one generation, China has attempted to do what it took the U.S. and Europe nearly two centuries. The transformation from a largely agrarian economy based on subsistence farming to an industrialized economy that's taken place only in one generation. The speed with which projects have been built in China is staggering by world standards. We've seen entire factories built in less time than it takes to receive a building permit in places like New York but the central government in China seems to be focused on reining in what it sees as uncontrolled transition to a free market economy. In fact, China's central government has never fully embraced a free market system. On the contrary, they want to orchestrate the economy in an orderly manner where Beijing is the orchestra conductor. We've seen this with the crackdown on freedoms in Hong Kong. The new threats to major investments in Macau, where some of the world's largest brands in gaming, have created a replica of Las Vegas properties. They've enjoyed far larger gaming revenues than Las Vegas, Monaco, Atlantic City, and Singapore combined. Stocks and gaming companies with exposure to Macau are down about 27% this week based on statements of increased oversight from Beijing. The latest news out of China is that some of the speculative construction might have been a little too far ahead of demand, and Chinese real estate giant Evergrande has been making headlines with the threat of default on their $89 billion in debt, or they're more than $300 billion in total liabilities on their balance sheet. Evergrande bonds have been trading recently at about 25% of face value. A lot of the investment capital for these expansions in China came from the West. A lot of it came from debt that was also written in China. But China doesn't seem to worry too much when foreign investors lose money. There's an unknown amount of counterparty risk in these financial instruments. On the one hand, central bankers have taken the position that if a bunch of bondholders lose money, the banking system is still largely insulated. The likelihood that the Federal Reserve would need to take action on any of these toxic assets as a result of the multi hundred billion dollar cascade effects on the financial system is fairly low, but we don't really understand the web of interconnected counterparty risk. Another example is the Chinese central government has expressed alarm at the amount of new capacity being built for electric vehicle startups in China. There are over 300 electric vehicle startups in the mainland, and the government has said that they need to focus on placing bets on the few companies that actually can survive. and They've encouraged companies to consolidate in the industry. Many have gone bankrupt and closed their doors. I know there have been a lot of comparisons made between the Evergrande situation and Lehman Brothers in 2008. These are clearly different situations. However, the financial crisis in 2008 had the effect of enveloping many countries, including much of Western Europe, even though this was a US-led phenomenon. We saw bank failures in Ireland and Iceland. The web of connectivity in our financial system is very far-reaching, and it's, frankly, more complex than most of us understand. Many people believe that China's government would eventually bail out Evergrande if it foundered because of its size. That's the too-big-to-fail argument that was also used in 2008, and it was found not to be valid in all cases. It looks like this company, with its massive debt, will be allowed to fail. And in recent years, we've seen companies invest in China through Hong Kong financial markets, either through the stock exchange or through their bond trading desks. Chinese companies have recognized that attracting investment from companies in the West is difficult, which is why you've seen share offerings on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ. But compliance with SEC rules has caught the ire of the Chinese government. They worry about the U.S. government gaining too much information about these Chinese companies, and they've put limitations on companies seeking an IPO in the U.S. The transparency requirements of the SEC are directly at odds, with some of the information privacy regulations that are being imposed in China. The impact of these regulations is that Chinese companies could be delisted from the New York Stock Exchange, effectively eliminating the ability for those company shares to be traded publicly. The risk to investors' funds should be obvious. The point of all this is I've seen too many examples of investments in China evaporate into thin air. It's not because the companies fail, although sometimes that happened, in many cases they succeeded, Better regulation change resulted in an appropriation of assets by the Chinese central government with no respect or compensation for foreign ownership. Investments in China, while becoming more pervasive these days, are not safe investments, in my opinion. Most financial instruments will be allowed to exist for as long as they're not seen as counter to Chinese interests. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. Talk to you again tomorrow.